What's going on? Happy Friday. Yep, Friday, everybody. And uh, some days are just harder than others. We're doing the show today from the Zone Golf Classic. We're at a golf course, Champions Run in beautiful Rockvale, Tennessee. Man, it is it is nice out here. And i got a little history on the course. Our buddy in sales, Becky Holt-Nacco, she grew up just down the road in Eagleville, just right around the corner. I said, in Eaglewood? Eagleville. Oh, Eagleville. No, she was okay. always up to some good, not no good in Eaglewood. <laughs> so I said, so what was this place like? And she goes, it was a turf farm. So this is a, this has not been a golf course for that long, but man, it's it's nice out here. I like it. Oh, it's beautiful out here, but let's not, you know, deceive people. It is scorching out here. No, it's ninety five under. Man, the I I just almost had uh, dreams of how the heck was I out there practicing in this crap? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, man! I I made a huge mistake today. I put on lotion. <laughs> Reason why I say that because all of a sudden, no, I'm talking about regular lotion. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> for all what you guys you who are, about? minds are in the what? gutter. What? But uh, yeah, and now I'm just sweating, sitting. You're just and sweating, just, Jergens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was. Uh, oh man, what is the lotion I use? I can't even remember. But <laughs> man, I should not have put that on. I feel like I'm just steaming and just it's just uh you know puddles on me without even moving. I could at least be out there, you know, uh, on a, getting on and off a golf course, swinging some clubs or something, but I'm just sitting here. Maybe maybe it's you. Maybe I'm, I'm contagious to you or something. I don't know. I don't know, I'm man. I'm cool as a cucumber, uh, man. You, you're I'm, cool. no lotion on it, Well, it says 95, 97 it on the, two degrees since we started talking. And we're in the shade yes. with the fan. Man. With actual, like, ceiling fans. Yeah. Yeah. So you could accomplish a lot of things today, and one of them is you could lose some LBs. Why you out there on that course? Well, I ate a platter full of Uncle Buds as soon as yeah. I got here. Oh, you did? I, oh, I, I, I just stepped down the fish. It wasn't a plate. It's a platter. Yeah. I ate all of yeah, it. Yeah, oh, it's delicioso. I had to smother it with, you know what, Mickey, hot sauce because I love hot stuff. Man, and it was awesome. It probably would have been great without it, but I, I just had to have that. Did yeah, they I have some, some or did you bring it? No, they have it in the packages. You got to tear them open and just pour it on there. Okay. You didn't see all the. I know you're a big hot sauce fan. Did you ever oh, get to yeah, the point yeah, where right you there. traveled? I know people who love hot sauce that actually take it with them when they go places. Yeah, hot sauce is probably not too good for you, but I, I love hot sauce. I think it's okay. It's okay. Lucas is young. Lucas, there's nothing bad for you with hot sauce, is there? No, no. Hot sauce is like fifty <laughs> no. percent. I cannot diet. put my headphones on because my ears are sweating. <laughs> so I, I don't want to. I want to pass any sweaty, you know, lotion to ears. To, to the to the headphones. <laughs> he offered two quick no's. He said, no, you're fine. Oh, no, okay. okay. Uh, two Rivers Ford making this happen for us today. Uh, two Rivers Ford powered by Ford, driven by people. Also, uh, comprehensive security, Uptown Mail, Spa, Ferguson, PPE, RTM Roofing, R3 Contractors, Hiller, Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical, King & Associates Insurance, Mark Spain Real Estate, Rentwood Jewelry, <laughs> and, of course, the fantastic folks at Fight DMD. Uh, got to visit with Terry Marlin earlier today, but... Uh, just always fun to catch up with the people who listen to the zone, and we get to see some of our work coworkers that we really never get to see now because of COVID. I know, um, but it's it's fun to come out here and there's a gentleman who just came up to the table, and he always comes and finds you when we're out here and says hello. <laughs> like they're just people who just kind of come out to just see what's going on and be part of thing, and and that's fun too. It's fun to see everybody. Man, it's fun to see that that water over there, man. I may take a plunge in there. Though. Yeah, that that plunge over there. Yeah. Yeah, over there, man. I think they have that water running just for that over there. Yeah, I don't know what that is. There's a hole with active water. Yeah, I'm sure it's it. a you know some form of an irrigation system. They're they're not. They're definitely saving on water and not spending extra water 
you know, on the water bill. So I'm sure that's uh, probably something that they uh, can't control because that's on purposely. So, yeah. I had someone explain that to me while that was on, too. Though. Golf course maintenance? Yeah. I like that. Yep. Mm-hmm. They had to fill up the, the, the pond over there. Oh. Yeah. Something's got to fill it up. Yeah. What if you, can you, you think they have some fish in there? They would have to. After, anytime you've got a pond that big, there's some fish in the pond because somebody wants to fish in it. Now, there's probably 8 million golf balls in there that the fish are swimming with, but I bet there's a fish or two in there. Oh. Probably a perch. Do, do you keep fish in your pond in your backyard? Or yeah. we, we're, we're over there, you know, having a little powwow last night there. And I, I was just wondering if you, if you have fish in your pond in your backyard there. Well, I inherited the biggest mess of a backyard <laughs> you've ever seen. I'm still Wait, mad about it. that pond is still being, uh, you know, designed now? Oh, no, there's no design. <laughs> I spent months, years out there with a shovel Whoa. digging up some leftover koi ponds that were nothing but a home for snakes. Oh. So I reach under there and start pulling that thing out. Snakes go in every direction. What? Yeah, they go in my garage and everything Were you scared? No, because, I mean, I can move pretty fast. Oh, you move Oh, you move pretty fast. But what you really wanted to say without insulting me, like, I wasn't scared of those little bitty snakes, but I would have I ran so fast. I don't care what size snake it is. I, when I don't know much about you, I'm out. <laughs> so uh, I might have. It might have been. Maybe I would have called Marsha Folk for that touchdown, man. <laughs> maybe if I, I would have been running scared like How that. How fast was he? I don't know. He's pretty fast. Because I, just, I don't know. Just to watch him, like a lot of fast guys are more slight build. He looked thick. I mean, you're bringing uh, up Marshall Falk. He just never, like, you'd look at Dexter McCluster. He was just this slight little guy, and you'd be like, oh, that's like a jitterbug. Yeah. Falk looked like he would. Like, oh, well, you was, know, he was, was a running back. He had some thickness to him, but he was silky smooth in his style and running, right. uh, where he just was so fluid. It looks like it was effortless. And, uh, you know, he was, you know, four, low 4'4", four, four, probably 4'3 guy. I mean, he was, you know, he's an exception. He's a Hall of Fame player. Yeah, he was, he was fast. <laughs> it's funny because every time you see him run, it's like everything is running in unison. And it never, he never, you know, misses a step or a beat. Or, man, he's, he's, he was so fluid and smooth. And maybe that was the thing. He just made it look so easy. Yeah. And that's what a Hall of Famer does. They yeah. make the hard stuff look easy. Yeah. And that, that's why I'm not in because I definitely made it look like a struggle just to even run out there. <laughs> Elbows out, legs out. <laughs> You're like that guy. Does he even know how to run? <laughs> you got to where you were going, now. Yeah, I was. I was just, you know, Benny Hillin it all the way there <laughs> for all those uh, people da, 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 that, uh, da, 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 that remember da, da, da. Benny Hill. Oh yeah, they're like, who yeah, the heck sat. is that? <laughs> no, there's people who know Benny Hill. Uh, who needs to be running around tomorrow night? And we can certainly talk about this in the next couple of hours. Who needs to be running around tomorrow night like Benny Hill, Blaine, to try to put their last? Because here's the thing. You may not make the Titans, but you put some stuff on tape. You might make another team. You know? <laughs> I mean, these guys out there trying to make somebody's <laughs> roster. Well, yeah, I, I would say everyone involved. Because right now it looks like, at least from the Titans' view, they're going to play a lot of the, the backup guys. I, it doesn't look like any of the starters are going to be out there, at least on the offensive side. So I would say everybody that's out there that's starting because – when you're a two, you could eventually become a three because they decide to go in a different direction. Regardless of how good, you know, you play or how well you've done, it becomes a numbers game and uh, depending on what, you know, position you play and everything else. So I would say everybody's playing for their lives. I think that's why the Titans have, uh, have done so well in the preseason for the what it's worth is because they have brought in backups behind backups and the roster is so deep now at this point in time. Everybody's competing for a job and now everybody's elevated their game. And that's what you want. 
uh, especially with your backup guys. So there's going to be guys that do really well and, and probably end up getting cut and get on another team. And it's going to be some that get to stay and some put on practice squad, some to put on IR to, to preserve them to stay with the Titans. So uh, I'm interested to see who actually had a big day. But, you know, I'm still want to see Farley. I, I still want to see more. Next year, you're always interested in the, the draft picks uh, to see how well they do and how they continue to improve and get used to the pro game. Uh, so, yeah, but, I mean, there's a lot of battles out here. The running back battle and, for sure, the quarterback battle. And I, I guess old Mr. Vrabel uh, told us who the, the starter was accidentally or, or purposely. I have no idea. But that he was going to start the first two series and then they're going to do the rotation again with Woodside. So, uh, that that's when I'm gonna really be watching. I really want to see Woodside throw down the field, and sometimes you know it didn't dictate that he should have. But at some point, you got to let it fly, and I hope he doesn't try to force something that's not there and, and make a mistake. But you gotta you gotta let it loose. What do you have to lose at this point? I, I think the Titans are gonna keep three quarterbacks in some form or fashion anyway. I think you've mentioned that before, uh, but you still don't want to let go and relinquish that number two spot, and I think it's his to lose. Uh, but I think Barkley is right there, you know, right there with him. And uh, for him to get to start after two weeks, uh, it's pretty uh, significant in that they you know, think he understands the, the playbook and has some good leadership skills and has performed well enough to, to start first. Uh, so we shall say, and I know Logan started the last time, but Logan's been here. So in my mind, he should be starting again. Once that starts happening, you start pressing. So let's see if Logan Woodside relax and just plays his game. Because he knows what's going on as much as they're friendly in the meeting room. You know, a guy that just showed up here two weeks ago, now all of a sudden is getting a chance to start. Yeah. And, you know, so you're going to be competing, and you want to see how well he responds to that and, and see if he relaxes and just kind of play his game and not force issues and, you know, force it down the field uh, into a mistake. Yeah, all, all of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, that's I, I'm watching all of that. Yeah, especially, you know, these, these O-line, D-line guys that – you know, we're not watching really close. I think, man, they, on the defensive side, I think they got some potential guys that make the roster now offensively or the offensive line, man. Some of those guys are struggling. So maybe one guy or two guys outside of the draft picks uh, show us something where they deserve to, like, you know, make the practice squad because it's been tough sledding to, uh, you know, run the football and get protection for those quarterbacks. And naturally, Sargent and, and, and the backup running back spot, maybe Hill steps up today. I don't know. McNichols is out, right? Yeah, COVID. With COVID. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so we shall see, man. You know, hey, man, it's an exciting time. To me, you should relish in, and embrace the whole moment and, and go out there and have some fun. At the end of the day, all you can control is you and what you do out there to perform. And if that's not good enough, you want to say, I had a heck of a run, and hopefully I'll get picked up, if not by the Titans, by somebody else. Leave mm-hmm. it all out on the field. Yeah. You got the because opportunity. Because the eye in the sky. Yeah. Is going to determine if you're in the league or not. They don't. They don't miss too often. Well, we're going to be talking about this uh, a lot today for sure. Buck Rising will join us in the next segment. We'll go through it with him. We'll also check in with Jeff Dickerson, who covers the Bears for ESPN in Chicago. He can probably give us a pretty good scouting report on old Matt Barkley. He's been up there covering the Bears for a while, so we'll uh, get the inside scoop on him and everything that's going on in the Windy City. But uh, going to be a fun day. Going to be a fun show. If you're on Zone TV. Mm-hmm. Get a little bit of an idea where we are on this porch where it's cooled down to 94.8 degrees since oh, we started oh, the show. That's good. Really comfortable here. Uh, but no matter how you're consuming the show, we're happy to have you with us on this beautiful Friday. This is Blaine and Mickey on 104.5 The Zone.
Blaine and Mickey. Mickey, don't lose that number for Buck Rising because he said to join us here in just a second. The Zones 2021 Summer Golf Classic going on right now. That's where we're coming to you from. Champions Run Golf Course in Rockvale, Tennessee. Duncan provided the breakfast. Uncle Bud's provided the lunch. Edley's has the dinner. Innovative Business Products, they provided signage at the course. Appreciate all of them and all of our great sponsors. Buck Rising was out here earlier, Buck. Uh, I know you, you took off. You'd spend a few hours out here today at this lovely golf course. Uh, not a bad way to spend a day talking about sports and watching people hit a few golf balls. No, especially when you find the breeze out there because that's critical. And I know you had that situation figured out long before I did, so I was grateful for your expertise in that regard. You don't stay this clear, uh, Buck, without knowing where every shade is and where all the wind blows everywhere you go for sure. Um, uh, let me ask you then, if we just had to, to jog your brain here, there are 80 guys left roughly on every NFL roster, so let's say there are 80 Titans that are going to have an opportunity to play on Saturday night. How many roster spots would you say are still up for grabs? When you distill those 80 people down, how many roster spots can still be won do you think right now? Buck being very quiet here. He's taking plenty of time to think about this, Lucas. Either we lost him or this is just the longest he's ever thought before he gave an answer. To well, something. he is driving through Eagleville, so I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he lost something. Okay. Well, uh, is he still? Does it appear that he's still on or no? Yeah, he's. Oh, there he goes. Oh, th- there he is. <laughs> Hey, Buck, we didn't hear a word you said, so if you would like But that to, was great content, though. I'm sure, some of the best you've ever yeah, done. That was the best you've ever done in silence. <laughs> <laughs> it's been so long since I've been asked to be quiet. No, I, I mean, we're out here in, in the middle of nowhere. I got no cell phone signal, so this is a failed endeavor. But I'll say, I, about, I would say about 15, Mickey, out of, out, of the, out, of the, out of the all of the roster spots that are available, I would say that there are probably 15 that you know for, or that you don't know for sure who is going to fill those roles. And I think that whether you're talking about 53-man active roster, whether you look at the 46 once they get to the regular season on game day, and then, of course, the expanded 16-man practice squad, I'd say there's about 15 spots that these guys can try and find among the dudes that are competing on Saturday. Well, to add to that, Buck, uh, do you take into consideration how will, you know, the the COVID – uh, you know, positive tests and everything else affect the actual roster and who's vaccinated and who's not. I mean, let's even take it, you know, a little further than that. How much do you think that impacts uh, the roster? Well, of course it does. I mean, you're, you're Ryan Tannehill, by, I mean, assuming that he's not, if he's not clear by Tuesday, then you have to take into account the fact that your starting quarterback is going to be on the COVID reserve list. And that you need some kind of some kind of backup situation for either Matt Barkley or Logan Woodside, and so that probably preserves a job, maybe not for a long period of time, mm-hmm. but certainly in the immediate, it's going to absolutely affect the math when you look at guys who are on the list right now, from depth dudes to like Nick, DeSignor yeah, like McNichols, Jer- McNichols at running back to Sergeant maybe McNichols making a is another one, mm-hmm. absolutely, like it's going to affect the math based on how these guys and they're all going to they're all their timelines are probably going to vary but it's absolutely going to affect the math and how they go about putting together the roster in the immediate buck rising our guest brought to you by two rivers ford home of the non-commissioned sales people so who's a guy or two that really come to mind to you that 
that need to go out and play at a high, high level to ensure that they make the team or to maybe put themselves in that final consideration to make the team? You know, I think there's guys that, like Mason Kinsey, I think he could play his heart out and still not make the team. He's just in the wrong camp. Um, I think that somebody like Des Fitzpatrick or Racy McMath even, um, who has really just been a special teams player, I think that Des is, is kind of teetering on the right side of things after the way that this whole situation started. But I don't by any means consider him a lock to make this roster. I think that NWI, Nick Westbrook-Akina, has to find ways to make an impression on the coaching staff, uh, whatever he puts on film tomorrow, because he will be in competition for one of these roster spots. And frankly, somebody like Dane Crookshank, who's been on this team for a couple of years now as a fifth-round draft pick, he's, his job is in jeopardy because his health has been a, an issue, like Darrington Evans, except ongoing for more years than this. Dane Crookshank is at risk of seeing himself on the outside looking in because you have Brady Breeze, you have Matthias Farley, you've seen a number of dudes. Clayton Gathers made a, a, a good play on a ball that was tipped up by Elijah Molden against the Bucks. There are plenty of, of spot, or there are plenty of competition or plenty of comp, uh, plenty of roster spots to have competition for, and particularly safety. I'm looking at and saying, yeah, Dane Crookshank and Brady Breeze, they have to find a way to make an impact on this roster because that fourth safety spot is definitely going to be up for grabs yeah. on the buck rising the buck rising show uh at a to z sports you name it he does it all and right now he joins us on blaine and mickey as well as uh mcdougal there at, at buck at uh at safety, safety. Yeah. but with all that being said let's first start with who is going to be the coach on the sidelines buck are you going to be doing it yeah <laughs> I asked Coach Mack if he was going to do it. He said no. He said he might stop by the Bears sideline for a cup of coffee, see if he couldn't extend his tenure as the one-time Bears head coach for three hours. Yeah. Um, no, it's it, based on – so Mike Mike Rabel didn't seem in a good mood yesterday, which surprising to no one because his starting quarterback just went on the COVID list, and he's probably not thrilled about it. Um, but he said he, – he mentioned – Matt Edwards as the one name and that guys would help out with Matt Edwards, but Matt Edwards is an assistant special teams coach and a defensive assistant for the first time this season and somebody who is completely anonymous to Titans fans. Now, I mean, Blaine, if I, my initial thought yesterday was like, God, he is trying hard not to say the name (laughs) of Jim Schwartz because it makes all the sense (laughs) in the world that it would be Jim Schwartz. But I think that that's like the boogeyman right now. For, I don't I, Mike, I don't want to say that Mike Vrabel is outright paranoid, but they should be concerned about creating creating shadows where there might not otherwise be them because Shane Bowen's position is incredibly tenuous, and bringing in Jim Schwartz this offseason in whatever capacity you brought him in is going to put additional pressure on both Bowen and Vrabel to get things right. And if, if Jim Schwartz looks good in any capacity – other than as a senior defensive assistant, it's going to make those two guys sweat a little bit. How well do you think uh, Radens has to play, you know, to kind of shore up that he will be a versatile guy? Looks like he's going to be a backup, at least this season or initially at the beginning of the season, at guard, but also tackle because he did not perform very well versus uh, Treyon in the, the Tampa Bay game at tackle. Did fairly well at the guard position. But, man, uh, it's a different animal out there on, the, on that island. Uh, you, you, you tend to see him getting better 
in this game to make them feel a little more comfortable about him having that role as well? There was a lot of promise uh, from the Atlanta game, and, and then you're right. He got, and it wasn't just by Joe Tryon that Dylan Radens got ragdolled. I mean, they put in third and fourth string guys that made Dylan Radens play poorly against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It was not a good outing for that entire offensive line. Basically, until they put in the third string guys, they couldn't get any momentum running the ball as a unit. You saw some of their uh, deficiencies there. He is going to be a depth piece at both tackle and guard. Because, frankly, from by, by, not, by no other merit than he's a second-round pick, and also the rest of the guys around him are very, very bad. Like, the backup offensive line is very, very bad. So they need him physically to be able to learn and grow in that, swing. if you want to call it a swing role, if you want to call him just a backup guard or a backup tackle, understanding that he's probably going to see time at both throughout the course of his tenure. You can look at him and say, all right, they, he may not be perfect, and he may still have a lot of work to do, and I expect to see a good bit of work for him in this final preseason game. But he's there because the rest of the guys are very bad around him, and they need him to be able to fill in at both guard and tackle as the, uh, as the attrition of the regular season wears on. Well, I know you, you cover the Titans uh, better than anybody. What story – or, or player have you kind of really latched on and it's kind of a, a feel-good story that it may not come to you know, fruition that he makes the, uh, the roster, but it, it was great kind of covering um, uh, this season. Yeah, because before you, you uh, added that qualifier about not potentially not making I would have said Marcus Johnson because he's such a great human interest story. But that dude, as far as I'm concerned, is a lock. Um, gotcha. With, with the rest of the roster – you know, I think that I think that somebody like somebody like a uh, somebody like a Mason Kinsey to kind of go back to that storyline. I think that there he he does have ability and he clearly plays hard, um, but he's just in the wrong in the wrong camp because they have such depth at wide receiver. Another one, Blaine, and I know that fans are probably going to hate to hear this is Makai Sargent. I think Makai Sargent is an undrafted rookie. I think that. He plays so hard that you, you really appreciate how much he clearly loves football and clearly loves to give effort on not just the playing field, but the practice field as well. I just think that with Darrington Evans and McNichols, that it is, he is just not far along in his development as a fully formed player at that position, not just running the ball, but in pass protection as well, because they need him to be a part of that if he's going to be a third down back, which, you know, in the case of Derrick Henry, a lot of these guys are there in their capacity to be specific to third down. So whether that's running routes, whether that's factoring in the passing game or protecting the quarterback in obvious passing situations, he's been such a great story. But I do think even as McNichols is on the COVID list, that it's going to be, it's going to be a steep climb for him to try and make this thing. With uh, Buck Rising from the Buck Rising Show here, right on 1045 Zone, right before our show there, Mickey. That's right. Uh, <laughs> it's interesting, Buck, because you mentioned Makai Sargent. He's one of these guys that the fans, you just fall in love with, you know, these dudes who kind of come from out of nowhere and they're not drafted. But a guy like him, you know, for him to come into camp and he keeps surviving, survived the first couple of cuts, and he's thrived in games. I think he's had 16 carries in each of the first two games. Certainly a guy like that could find at least a beginning home on the Titans practice squad. And it, it, as Ron Slay likes to say, he's in the building, though. You know, if you can make the 16-man practice squad, at least you keep the dream alive another day. 
He, he honestly, outside of like a COVID quarterback, he should be the top option for the practice squad because he, he embodies everything that they preach on a day in and day out basis that they want out of a football player. So if that is indeed going to be the case and they are going to stick to those kind of principles that they're telling the entirety of the rest of the team, then it absolutely needs to be something that they, uh, that they consider because he is, he is such a great effort and energy player. Um, and at a position right now where their numbers aren't great because of injury and because of COVID. A lot has been made about Julio Jones not practicing and certainly haven't seen much of Ben Jones or Nate Davis or at times uh, Taylor Lewan and, and A.J. Brown. You just co- kind of go down the list, and now Tannehill is missing time because of COVID. You, I've heard you talk about this. Um, what is your concern level for an offense that is going to need to play at a very high level again that really – that whole unit does not practice together. I would imagine one time, all of them together. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's enough to, con- I mean, to monitor the situation, right? Like I'm not hitting the, I'm not hitting the nuclear option and saying, all right, everybody panic because the starting offense hasn't practiced together because these dudes are vets and they showed at during that long layoff, that 16 day layoff with their first go around with COVID um, that they could find ways to come out and beat the hell out of a good football team by 26 points on a, in weird circumstances on that Tuesday night football game against the Bills, their first game back. I think it was after Minnesota, if memory serves correctly. Um, but uh, but or, or I, I think I have my timeline mixed up on that. But regardless, it was against the Bills once they made their return. Now, ultimately, the, the thing that I'm, I'm most concerned about is right when Julio Jones is starting to come back and Derrick Henry is starting to ramp up, you've got to put Ryan Tannehill on the shelf. And it's not something that they're going to put Julio Jones out there during practice to catch passes from Logan Woodside and Matt Barkley, one, because they don't want to risk him and risk an errant pass making Julio Jones have to fly up in the air to go get it and him come down awkwardly because, like yesterday, they had him out there for stretch and then they trotted him back into the building because that's not who he's going to be working with in a situation once week one rolls around. So it is, it is a concern. It's a legitimate concern. I don't think it's like red alert, but it's enough to say, okay, if they look kind of funky, out the gates against Arizona, it's plenty of reason to expect why they might. Buck Rising joins us. Uh, Buck Rising Show, A to Z Sports. You can hear him all over the dial on this uh, station, 104.5 The Zone. Well, Buck, uh, you know, Matt Barkley will be starting this game in a rotational role with Woodside. So give me your lowdown on who you think is going to win the backup job at quarterback. So I think I think that – Saturday will go a long way. I don't think it's decided yet, but I think that what they see in Woodside, because Woodside is not the more physically talented quarterback, but he really hasn't been throughout any of these guys that he has beaten out for this backup role. Logan Woodside, they trust more in running the offense. Now, Matt Barkley is different than the other guys who have come before him. He has seen, I don't want to call it a level of success in the NFL, but he has seen plenty of defenses. He has played in plenty of NFL games. He seems to be really comfortable in what they're asking him to do right now um, with how much of it is predicated off run action and play action and throwing windows with a lot of space out there because of the way that you're using misdirection to put the defense out of place. It it is basic football 101 right now that he's playing against because there's a lot of second stringers and a lot of third stringers. And for somebody who's been in the league since 2013, you should expect him to play that well but the point remains I'm watching guys like Blaine Gabbard out there and Ryan Griffin and Matt Barkley looks a lot better physically the arm talent is better 
It's just it comes down to who they trust more to run the playbook and not cost them a game if they should see action in the regular season. I think Woodside still holds the advantage, but I think Matt Barkley can do a lot for himself starting out in this game against the Bears on Saturday. How much do you think we'll see uh, the first rounder play? Will we get to see more than, what, 15, 16 plays, you think? I, I, would, I would think so. I would, I would absolutely think so. They've, they've got to explain. They've got to find ways to get him more acclimated to the position of corner because he's, he's just still learning it. So if you're going to do it in games without stakes, I would, I would love to see at least 30 snaps from Caleb Farley. If they think that his back can hold up, I mean, if they don't think that his back can hold up, then he shouldn't be out there as far as I'm concerned. But he needs to get these live-action reps uh, in a way that he just he, he has to understand the nuances of the position of corner again if he's to make an impact in 2021. Well, I know we have one more game, but most of the positions are sold up pretty much now. But kind of take us through how many receivers will be kept and who they will be. So I think if you're going to look, I think if you're going to look at the numbers, um, six makes the most sense at the wide receiver position because I do still think that they go for four tight ends as opposed to three. But if you're looking at the six wide receivers, you obviously have Julio Jones, AJ Brown. I would say an obvious one is Marcus Johnson and Chester Rogers. I think that Josh Reynolds isn't necessarily a lock, but I think that he has made a great case to make this team. And I I hate to squeeze out NWI, but Des Fitzpatrick has made legitimate strides, and I think given, given that he's a fourth-round pick, it helps him edge out a couple of the guys who are on the fringes because John Robinson can't have something that, like that on his record after how badly last year's draft went. Mm. So you're telling me Batson, McMath, and Kinsey are out? I would say that especially Batson and Kinsey, you have Chester Rogers to play the slot. He's been superior mm-hmm. to those two. I think those two – do have something, but this is just not the right camp for them to be in. Oh, and Westbrook Aquina. Yeah, NWI's out on that. Oh, man, you, you, you threw a Hoosier out of there? Yeah. Listen, Blaine, I think, I honestly, for, for body of work, I think they ought to keep him over Fitzpatrick, but I'm not the one who drafted Des Fitzpatrick. John Robinson is, and I'm sure there's a little more attachment to somebody like that, given that that's a, a direct reflection on your resume if you have to cut your fourth-round pick. Hey, you make mistakes all the time. Hey, man, you had to, you had to trade your, 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 your first round of the year before, so why not the fourth the next year? <laughs> Double down. If you say so. All right, Bucko, on the way out, I saw Sam Ficken had a rough day of practice. He missed a couple on Tuesday. Supposedly, I, I, now we weren't there. You may have been there. Supposedly, Taylor Lewan was yelling at him as he attempted kicks. He had a nice bounce back on Thursday. If he just goes out and does his job, on Saturday night, is he the kicker for this team, or do you think Guskowski is still sitting by the phone at home just awaiting that ring that might never come? Practice matter, but the game reps matter more, and he's, he's perfect so far. Um, I, I, and Lawan was chirping at him on Tuesday. That's exactly right. And good. You know, the kickers need more pressure on them to understand how to perform under pressure. Now, Sam, Sam Ficken has been with a couple NFL teams at this point, so he understands it better than somebody like Tucker McCann. But, yeah, if you think that you can stay the course and not take on the salary of Goskowski, even as, Mickey, you've correctly pointed out it, that they wouldn't have to guarantee it unless they signed him prior to the regular season beginning, I think that Ficken is a – is he has been a safe option. There is no point in disrupting the apple cart right now when all you desperately need at that position 
is consistency day in and day out. That has been Sam Ficken, despite really his first rough day uh, this past Tuesday. All right, you answered that so quickly. I want to squeeze in one more. The outside linebackers after uh, Bud and Landry and Weaver, who's a draft pick, Simon, I guess the fourth guy, who would be the fifth guy in that group? Adaney, uh, Roberson, who would be the next guy? I think Adaney, just by virtue of special teams, that's that's how he's basically survived as many years as he did in Pittsburgh, and that's something that, listen, Roberson, they, they've been telling us that he's had his best camp so far. He's come in and he's looked at the best that he has, and he's come in with the right mindset, and if that's all that they're telling us about him, I consider that to be a kiss of death. So, like, I think Derek Roberson has his functional – he has functional uses on third down, but Adaney gives you more both as a pass rusher mm. and as a special teams player. Okay. Buck Rising just giving it to us right there. You can catch him tomorrow, the pre-pre-game, before Kevin Dyson and Blaine Bishop and myself. You can hear more Buck tomorrow, what, at 3 o'clock, and then we're on at 4 o'clock. We'll be after you again, just like we always are. Well, listen, boys, I'm just consistently your opening act. So we all know who the power <laughs> in the building is around here. Yes, Blaine Bishop. He sits right here. <laughs> Thank you, Buck. We appreciate That's it. real funny. <laughs> See y'all. Our director of content and director of power, Blaine Bishop. That was Buck Rising. <laughs> At Buck Rising, of course, is always brought to you by Two Rivers Forward, home of the non-commissioned salespeople. When we come back, I'm going to put Blaine in the time machine. We have a DeLorean here with a flux capacitor, just like Michael J. Fox. I'm putting Blaine in it. Uh-oh. We're going to 88 MPH next. Blaine to Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Never. Little Huey Lewis said the news. Lucas, always Johnny on the spot with the music. As we will go back in time now with one Blaine Bishop. So let's put on your, let's put on your. You sure I'll be able to remember back? Let's put on your puffy vest like Marty McFly and let's watch out for Biff. And here we go with Blaine Bishop. I may may need Becky to help me. No. I don't know. You talk, this is a shocker here. I have no idea what you're talking about. I know this is what the best radio is when I I see something. You spend the whole break looking at me. Why am I getting heart palpitations right now? (laughs) No, this this is an easy one. Sometimes I challenge you, but this one's, this was an easy, by the way. Uh, We're in beautiful Rockville, Tennessee champions run golf course. Uh, 2021 20, uh, Summer Zone Golf yeah. Classic Beverages, and people are consuming some. TriStar Beverages, Red Dog Wine and Spirits, Fistful of Bourbon as well. Yeah. I've seen people carrying their boxes around. Yeah, yeah. this is the home of the living legend, you know, Becky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Becky, Becky Holt is how she's known. Little Becky Holt around these parts. Oh. Yeah. Uh, when this was a turf farm, as she told me. A turf farm. All right, here we go. Back in time with Blaine Bishop. We can't waste a good Huey Lewis in the new song without paying off the tease here. So, four. it was the fourth preseason game for you in 1994. You were the day before that game. Your eighth-round draft pick. You've switched positions by now. What are you thinking today? I don't know if that game is on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. 20, who, did, who did we play? Now that, that I don't know. Oh, Do you know? You, you, <laughs> okay. Yeah, right. Okay. The fourth so time I know good. more about this stuff. Watch this. Is this my rookie year or my second this year? This is your rookie year. Oh, okay. 24 hours before kickoff, what were you thinking? Because there's a bunch of guys thinking whatever it is that you were thinking, they're they thinking the same thing uh, right now. All right, I have to give you a backdrop then now that you've asked me this. Because here's what I was thinking, and this is the only reason why. I'm going to say it first just so y'all can go, uh-oh. I was thinking about I'm, I'm going to get cut. Oh. Yeah, through my fourth preseason game, my rookie season. Reason why, first preseason game, tear my MCL. 
I get ear hosed on kickoff. We've been balling like for four weeks. You know, then you have four weeks of training camp. Yep. And I'm running down. It was the second preseason. I'm sorry. First preseason, I'm up there make, smashing, making all kind of tackles. Second, they did the cross block where you don't see them. And guy ear hold me. I didn't have any idea. he was, And I was about oh. to make the tackle. I was like smiling while I got ear hold. Sprained my MCL uh, and thought, uh-oh, this is over. They're, they're, they're going to they're gonna cut me. And until John McClain wrote an article in the paper, that fourth preseason game, because I missed two, the rest of the second and the third, and did not play the, the fourth. Oh. He was like, this kid is a lock to make the roster. The legend wrote that about you. Yeah, and, and I was like, I sure hope. Uh, he's right. Let me find out who he is <laughs> and go ask him, uh, did he get that from uh, someone who coaches in a nice way? Right. He says, oh, no, you've earned it. So that, that so I was actually thinking I was going to get cut only because I was injured. And I, was, I wasn't I was practicing. I had a knee brace on as a DB. You can't move around like right. that. I could run straight, but I couldn't make cuts and turns. And, you know, it was just, you know, time. I just needed time to, to let it heal. Uh, but, yeah, I was thinking I may get cut and put on the practice squad. Yeah, so I was really nervous. But before that, I was thinking I had a shot to, to not only uh, make the roster, but that I was going to contribute not just on special teams, but I was, I was pretty much in the dime. I call it dime package, which is the 6 DB. So there's the nickel and then an extra guy. So I thought I was participating a lot in those uh, packages. So I thought I had a great shot of making it. But early on during training camp, there were so many DBs, I felt like, why did the heck did they draft me? And, like, there's no spot for me. And fortunate enough for me, three guys got injured, and they were out for the year. And let alone the starter who was a Pro Bowl player, Bubba McDowell, the year yeah. before. And uh, so that, that helped me out and kind of maneuvered me around. And maybe that got me to still be on the roster opening day. I could still run, change directions by week one. But, yeah, I was really nervous. I mean, just think about that now. You got injured week one. Or, I mean, week two at the beginning, and then you don't practice for two weeks, and you're a rookie last-round pick. So, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of guys that get missed and then don't make it all because bad timing, luck of the draw, right. and those things. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I was very fortunate and blessed to even uh, make the roster after that. I know you, and you ask questions, and you follow along. So how active were you in the meetings? Like what? Oh, oh, that was – I. Before I was injured, I was very active. Yeah. Yeah, I would ask questions. I was the why guy. You know, it was just it's the nature of who I am, though. You know, you you ask the why questions when you're growing up as a kid in class. And so not, not to say, you know, trying to be a, a smarty pants, because some people took it that way. It was just like, okay, but why are we doing that so I can understand that way? I'll understand it even deeper. Right. And it'll sink in that this, this will happen all the time when they do these circumstances. And so I was always the explain, explain it to me guy. You know, some guys aren't that way because they don't want to know, and they feel like they don't need to know. Right. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, I was always asking questions. They did just call Buddy Ryan at that time. and just called me 23. Everybody was by their jersey number. <laughs> so I, th I thought that was intimidating, by the way. Okay. Yeah, that was very intimidating because it, sometimes he wasn't in good light. Like, do you want to go back home? 23. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to nothing? Or do you want to do what I tell you to do? Once you made the team, though, was he like, all right, Blaine. No. You stayed 23? Oh, no. We're talking about a guy who used to polish his white shoes. This guy would put him up on the desk, his feet, and it was intimidating. I'd go to the back of the room, and hopefully you didn't know I was there. 
as a rookie. Yeah, there was no way around it. I didn't even want him to say anything to me. No, <laughs> even on the field because he started telling me, you know, hey, you need to start hitting people. I don't know what happened. He said, but you stop hitting people. I said, oh, the, the head coach told me don't hit the uh, starters because, you know, the twos would go against the ones. He says, what? He says, if you want to make this roster, you better hit everything that runs by you. He says, so if a bumblebee runs by you, hit it. I'm like, uh-oh. Was this sprinkled with expletives when he said Yeah, it? I'm not going to say <laughs> what he was saying. But, but I'm going to tell you this. Then I was like, well, am I supposed to listen to the head coach or the defensive coordinator? And he would follow that up with, if you want to make this roster, you better hit everything that moves. I'm like, uh-oh. Crap, what is it? I mean, but the head coach told me don't touch anybody. <laughs> so guess what I did? I kind of played it out slowly. I just like thud up, boom, boom, boom. And buddy would look at me and say, hey, 23, that's not it. That's not it. So then I just said, forget it, man. What do I have to lose? I just start hitting people again. There <laughs> <laughs> we go. L- little segment called Back in Time with Blaine Bishop as we get some story hey. time. Scared. Oh. I was scared out my you-know-what. <laughs> you made it, though, man. You made it 10 years. <laughs> Zones 2021 Summer Golf Classic. Again, that's where we are. We're going to be here another hour uh, watching these people play golf in front of us. A lot of great prizes provided today. Seymour Putter Company, Nashville so- Soccer Club. Brentwood Jewelry, Southern Trophy House, and the Nashville Predators, too. Back with our number two of the show, including a look at the Bears with Jeff Dickerson coming up.